To every horror movie on Netflix. Ho, 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 ho. I'm Chris, and we're here with a very special Christmas episode, because tis the season. Am I right, everybody? You're damn ho, right. Ho, ho. And I'm here with, as always, Steve. Hello. Mrs. Claus. And I'm Patrick, flying Portobello, Turbo Dog, One Man War on Terror, Bad Santa Dunn. Amazing. I guess I realized I should have done hello, ho, 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 but, you know. Yeah, points off if you don't say ho, ho, ho before every sentence today. Because it's our Christmas episode, guys. Which is odd for a horror podcast. There aren't that many Christmas horror movies. I, I know a few. I feel like maybe there have been more recently. We had, like, the Krampus movie that was kind of big a few years ago, but... Uh, and yet, yeah. somehow, Netflix has blessed us as as Jesus as God blessed Mary with Jesus with a movie in fact called a Christmas horror story to review today or perhaps it should be called Christmas horror stories because this is an anthology movie everybody it is mm-hmm. well you know a what's very unconventional one but is that a lot of people have horrific holidays because their families are fucking crazy and I'm surprised that they don't just make endless horror movies about like people's true experiences oh well, there's Christmas, Christmas with the cranks you know holiday class <laughs> <laughs> anyway yes it's a, a multiple stories multiple stories um if you're familiar with the obvious comparison to make here is to trick or treat. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Patrick Elizabeth, have either of you guys seen Trick or Treat? Oh, I've seen it. I mean, there are a lot of different anthology horror movies. I mean, you could I, it, why Trick or Treat? Because Trick or Treat is a bunch of vignettes that center around the holiday of Halloween, and it's kind of like the Halloween spirit as told through horror stories. It's the Halloween season. <laughs> well, this made me think of He's Just Not That Into You, also an anthology story movie. One of my favorites. Not horror. <laughs> uh, Is it Christmas related? I would call it horror. Uh, there's many seasons throughout the movie. And, um, <laughs> I mean, as in most movies that take place over like any yeah. period of time. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I like anthology movies. I okay. think they're great because if you're bored by, it's just like ABC's of Death. If you're bored by one thing, you're not bored by another. It well, gives, it caters to a lot of people. Quite. I agree with you in principle, but this is not a traditional anthology movie because the stories are interwoven. So that's what I mean. Yeah. It takes a pretty much bit. the whole movie for like everything to kind of pay off and for the arcs to be complete. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, they're not interwoven in, in, the way that one affects the other. They're not interrelated. No, but they're not, they're interrelated. not interrelated, but there's told they're not told sequentially. They're told like a soap opera where you get a little bit of story A, a little bit of story B, a little bit of story C, a little bit of story A, a little bit of story B, and so on. Well there's a little bit of an interesting question about authorship here because you know you can have an anthology movie like He's Not That Into You, which I think is the product of just one director as far as I no, I mean, That's actually, true. I don't know anything about it, I'm guessing. I know a lot about it. But is it, is it just one director? Yes. Okay. Well, this movie so, was made by go. three directors. But yes, this yeah. movie was made by three directors. and So, I mean, there's that model. He's not that into you, whatever. <laughs> I guess that's our, our avatar of that sort of uh, 
anthology movie where it is an anthology movie with separate stories but it's still one author and then there's the abc's of death model where there's a bunch of different filmmakers who have input on multiple uh stories that are very much their work this has four four stories five stories four stories that are the product of three directors and i think five writers if i remember correctly so there's this very weird question about like who did what and i feel like it was all very much of a piece except for the the weird cg like north pole stuff like that was the the only kind of outlier otherwise i felt like this could have been i mean i do know that so the two of the directors one of whom did ginger snaps which is a pretty revered indie like female werewolf movie i think and then the other director is best known for directing two Ginger Snap sequels. So I'm like, oh, they're huh. buds. They probably learned a lot from each other. So there is like a kind of a cohesiveness yeah. to the style. I didn't feel like they're, like we were getting like drastically different versions or angles yeah. on the Christmas horror. It didn't theme. seem to me. It seemed like it was the same directors for me. Yeah, throughout. I didn't know. That yeah, it was with the exception that I thought one of the stories was of notably higher quality than the others. So that's why I thought maybe there were some different. Hands. I'm oh, wait, to I have see to know which one. Just well, tell We'll get into that. I I agree that it felt of a piece. It's just interesting to me this many different hands were in the pot, especially that many different directors for a film that didn't seem to be going for like embracing different directors' voices or different um, authors' visions. But um, just another note on the Christmas anthology movies. I haven't actually seen it. Is Love Actually an anthology movie? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Mm. Yes, it is. It's a, It's kind of, uh, I guess we're bringing up Altman uh, two episodes in a row. It's kind of like that sort of thing where it's like many different characters whose lives are interconected and we kind of weave in and out of them. Okay, so but it's the, like Crash or something, but you wouldn't call it Crash. Yeah, sure. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's not an anthology movie. Like, I think of an anthology movie is a, a series of self-contained Stories that may or may not relate to each other. Usually, there's a frame story, so like you'll have kind of like little themes that pop up, motifs in each one. But an anthology movie is like separate stories that are, for the most part, not related to the others. And Love Actually is more of like an ensemble comedy. So you're I saying think. Love Actually won't be an anthology because the the they all the stories serve the same theme or the same kind of overall there are different narrative. themes that pop up yeah it's all about different sorts of relationships but i think for the most part like they all take place in this over the course of like two days surrounding christmas and they're not they're not like self-contained stories they do all kind of build to their own separate climaxes but ultimately one final climax Okay. It's characters' stories weaving in tandem with other characters. Whereas with this, we've got like four like distinctly separate stories that don't have a lot to do with each other, except they all take place on Christmas. I guess it's kind of split in hairs to talk about what is or what isn't an anthology movie, but we use the term enough that I want. I got curious. I haven't seen Love Actually in long enough, fortunately, that it's very distant in my memory hmm. which is the way i prefer love actually to be well but it's a, i'm elizabeth, glad you brought elizabeth it up. disagrees strongly about it being an anthology I've, i i saw you shaking your head it doesn't <laughs> matter anthology not anthology interwoven stories right, it's a good point because Regardless. this movie is billed as an anthology movie and i was surprised that it's not just here's a story here's a little here's a little bit of the frame story that ties it all together that leads into the next thing it's intercut you know, these the, everything seems to be playing in tandem, and they end up to be totally unrelated, except the fact that this is all happening on Christmas Eve. You guys, is Pulp Fiction an anthology movie? No, oh my God. Okay, we've gone too far. So, oh, what man. is this movie? What do we have here? We have we have uh, William Shatner plays a radio Wait, DJ who yes. really kind of ties 
doesn't really he tie, doesn't everything, tie everything together. together. He kind of provides a mental break from the actions. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah that is the best. I mean, because presumably he's like the framing device, but that is the best way to describe Let's it. He's all, just kind of like a mental. He's like the punctuation to this whole thing. Let's all yeah. take a storyline and describe it. Sure. Uh, okay. what, what's your favorite? What, which one do you, do you uh, want to talk about? Okay. Well, I'll describe uh, the one my favorite, which was this the uh, a family goes to the woods to cut down a Christmas tree. Well, that's my favorite too. God okay. damn it! Well, fuck. Well, that's Go for it. Go for it. That's my favorite really? three. That's, what? That's the one that's that's heads and shoulders above the others as we've just demonstrated. What? Yeah. All right. Let me let me let that's me. That's the. Sh- I mean, that's the second shittiest one in my opinion. All right. Well, we're gonna argue with you later. Okay. But good. just so we're on the <laughs> same page with our listeners. So the the whole movie is framed with William Shatner, um, and actually, what I thought was a strong performance um, as kind of a which says a lot for William Shatner. Oh, yeah. Christmas loving radio. He's DJ. a Christmas. He's just your small town Christmas late night DJ playing the Christmas songs, and really, he doesn't contribute anything to the story. No. Then you have four storylines playing out or, kind of in tandem. really to the film at all. One of them is Santa Claus at the North Pole dealing with an apparent zombie outbreak of elves. Yeah. And so he, it's it's low brow stuff where he's just smashing zombies with his like trident. Trident. At one point he bashes in. Like I, I did write this down because I just, you know, this movie goes so over the top that I didn't think I could be surprised. I almost didn't even want to be. He bashes in an elf's head with another elf severed head yes. at one point. Yes. It's, it's fun. That yeah. just gory balls gory out fun. gory action. The other story is a family that is going to visit a old estranged aunt mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. Yep. And a troubled family. Troubled family and they run afoul of Krampus, the holiday demon. Wait. What's Krampus? Well, they explain... Here is how they explain Krampus in the movie. After a small child knocks over a Krampus ornament inside the old aunt's house. This is Krampus, right? What's a Krampus? He's like an anti-Santa Claus. A demon who punishes the naughty. He whips them, chains them up, throws them in a sack. Stuff like that. On Krampus knocked, the demon hunts the wicked from sunset to sunrise. That's fun. So if you didn't know who Krampus was, that's how they explain it in the movie. Then there's a storyline with three high school students trying to investigate a haunting at a Catholic school where two children were murdered the previous year. And they're doing sort of a it's sort of a grave encounters sort of piece uh, where they're going through the school. They're doing a video. Chris, as a film student, did you ever have to go do anything like that? No, but I wanted to. They were <laughs> investigating murder. <laughs> All my friends were creeping around the abandoned asylum extracurricularly. Um, oh, yeah, I did all okay. kinds of that stuff. I've been yeah. in places exactly like this. Yeah. Right. So, that was um, and then the the fourth storyline, I'll let Elizabeth explain because she was about to. Yeah, it's just uh, a fa- adorable family, a uh, husband, wife, and their young son. Oh, well, that one. When you said the family, I thought you meant the one that was going to visit the aunt. No. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, ghost. They they want a Christmas tree, and they're going to go on to some private property to cut down a beautiful fur. A misdemeanor. But, yeah, you know, a, a it's minor worth it misdemeanor, but they're like, ah, you know, whatever. It's going to be fine. 
So this is this is the story. I take back everything I said well, before about what was and wasn't the shittiest story. Uh, I thought you guys were talking about the other family. I don't no, even no, think no. it's a strong story, but I'd, I'd, the actors were so great. Yes. Like it was yeah. played so well. It was played with humor and pathos. It didn't have the greatest payoff, but like it felt it, it somehow felt like the strongest. Well, story. the, the this- story is, is the story is the harvest in the tree, and their son disappears. And when he comes back, he's not quite acting himself. Well, look. I'm going to blow y'all <laughs> out of the water because you guys are all like, these aren't interconnected. The cop who discovered right. the murders slash deaths in the Catholic school the year before is the patriarch of the young family who goes to cut down yeah, a train And the, the girl who gives the students the keys to the Catholic school is in the family that goes to the aunt's house. Yes. And they all listen to... And the Santa Claus is not very related. Um, no. Or so it seems. The family that goes to the aunt's house is related to William Shatner somehow or other. He's their grandpa. Well, they're oh, okay, so they're, grandpa, they're yeah. vaguely interrelated, but I think like... It doesn't matter. It's just a gimmick. It, it doesn't. It, it's a gimmick because, like, to say that they're interrelated, I would think, like, oh, they all there's some like force or some event that connects all of them. And like, no, it's like, yeah, some of them they're in the same vicinity of each other. They pop up in each other's lives, a la Love Actually. But there's not like some like event going on that affects all of them in different ways. The connections are very tenuous. I mean, if you're not paying close attention, you could easily be like what does any of this have to do with each other and especially why is this dj why does this dj keep showing up right and if you're not paying close attention you're not really missing much (laughs) (laughs) yeah watch it passively it's fun yeah anyway so there's all these interconnected stories and they intersperse with each other throughout the movie Right? Which kind of frustrated me, because like I said, I, I thought that the one with the family harvesting the Christmas tree, I thought that story was by far the best story in the bunch, and it frustrated me every time I had to go back and do the rounds on check-in on the three other stories, yeah. which really weren't turning the dial for me. I, so one thing I thought while watching this movie was, okay, if this was a traditional anthology movie, and we just got like, you know, it's like Trilogy of Terror, or I guess it'd be Quadrilogy of Terror, we got four separate stories we just we see them all through one by one would any of these have held up or held your attention and to me i guess the answer is no because i feel like they're all drawn out to keep the movie at optimal length like i think if we had just seen the story about the family and they come back and the kid's not quite himself it is like kind of it's kind of long for an anthology movie it's like a like a 22 minute or like 20 or 22 minute short which is which is a lot for this type of film so we all agree that the Christmas tree and coming home with the disturbed kid one is the best, Patrick? Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I, I actually really, and I feel like from what I've heard so far, I, no one else is really going to back me up on this, but I really like the one with Santa until the end, which we'll get to in the spoiler room. I really enjoyed that. But I mean, you as, mean, just as a complete unit, as a complete unit, if you pull all the bits of the the family going to get the christmas tree uh yeah that's the best one the santa one i thought was fine it was fun um and i thought for a long time that santa was played by tom noonan but <laughs> santa was a handsome man he wasn't um, <laughs> he looked nothing like Tom so, Newton. So, right, so here's another question. He looked like he looked like David Harbor, uh, Jim Hopper from Stranger Things Which in like you 20 know years. Is my number one guy. I do, and I still don't understand that. But uh. well, look, so would we? Would, can we take a step farther? 
who would agree with me that the worst one was the family visiting the aunt in the agree. campus? That I will agree with. I disagree. I thought the kids in the fucking convent was boring and hackneyed as shit. I disagree. I thought that was creepy. Well, didn't do anything. This is a complicated. This is a complicated. It's hard to movie talk about. To talk about. All right, let's take these one at a time. Actually, you know what? Can I make a quick comment? I want to. So the general structure is interesting to me. The fact that they intersperse these anthology segments is interesting because usually you do have them separated as we talked about and i don't know if i'm defending the fact that they intersperse them in this but a lot of the time i'm thinking of uh tales from the crypt which steve lent me on blu-ray back in not around. to be confused with dvd <laughs> thank no, you elizabeth for you animals out confused. there a couple months ago and you know they're weaker and there are stronger segments and if there's 22 minutes of weak shit it takes me out of it completely. Hmm. And I'm not saying it's better necessarily to do, you know, five minutes of strong shit, five minutes of weak shit, then back to the strong shit, back to the weak shit. But it's a different approach. But you and always have this problem if you try to intersperse stuff. Like, I remember, you know, ha- watching soap operas on TV at, like, Grandma's house or something. That's like there's the one plot line that you think is kind of interesting, and there's, like, three minutes of it in the half hour because they check mm-hmm. in with, you know, everyone else. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, will say would... this is a great way to disguise weaker material because yeah. you're constantly like I never when it went back to the stuff at the convent or whatever the fuck they were the mental institution abandoned thing I, I never expected it to like pull my attention so then eventually they yeah. started resorting to making it like sexy like, yeah. like, the, 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 like it becomes sort of exploitative after a certain while I'm like okay if I just seen that short on its own it wouldn't have worked but at least like I had some semblance I guess of like hoping maybe that in the next beat when we return to this like something's going to happen that's going to surprise me and when there are those hints of connective tissue between them there is, you you do start to develop that idea of oh this is all this all fits together except it you start really to hope it's well. going to pay no. off in, in yeah. some fashion i think what i'm saying is maybe this would be a good format if it was done better <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, if exactly. there were four stronger stories that were connected more in a more interesting and more compelling way cool but let's yeah, go what with we this. have is a tales from the crypt where there's like one good segment one that's okay and two that kind of suck except we don't really find out how we feel about any of them until the end yeah i guess i yeah. mean i think the one that we all agree on i, I immediately was hooked by it it's just because the performances and just sort of like the mystery of I mean, I think overall, I probably would have enjoyed this less if it had been four distinct segments that were told linearly and separately instead of being interspersed. I think I actually enjoyed it more because it was kind of playing fast and loose. I think I would have gotten more bogged down if I had to watch like the convent or the family going to visit the old aunt in its entirety without any other more interesting shit interspersed. I think you're probably right. And I think that, you know, like Steve said, it's I understand why you do this, and I understand how it would be tempting if you're making the movie to kind of think that you're hiding your weaker material in this kind of format. But it really kind of shows that if you're making an anthology movie, like, and you have weaker f- stuff in there... Like, you gotta be batting a thousand to get away with an anthology. There's, an anthology there's no is way to, to cover it up, really. Yeah. Because ultimately, you're bogging down all of the stories by having weaker material in there. And that's the effect that I felt. I mean, this is another movie that I. It did wear on me after a while because I was like, I don't care about. I really don't care about two of these storylines. And. 2.5 of them are okay. We'll consider the Santa 1.5 because that seems to be kind of like 
kind of on another plane outside of what else is going on in this movie. I would have rather mixed in the segment with the Santa killer from Tales of the Crypt. The ultimate holiday horror. Yeah. (laughs) From Tales from the Crypt, the movie, and the TV series. I'm not familiar with that. What are you talking about? It's a classic. uh, It's based on an EC comic where a, a woman, it's Christmas Eve, She's. Ha- I think she's having an affair, and she decides to kill her husband, and her daughter is asleep upstairs, and she's trying to, like, kill her husband, hide the body. While, she, while the an gr- escaped maniac an escaped dressed maniac. as Santa Claus is on the loose, and of course he comes to her house while she's trying to cover right. up the murder. Right, and in, in the Tales from the Crypt, I don't know, I haven't read the original comic, but we, we've seen the probably pretty direct adaptation from the, the British movie, but in the Tales from the Crypt TV series, like, the little girl sees... Like, I, I want to say it's Clint Howard, but it's not. But it's somebody equally fucked up looking as Santa, like, climbing up <laughs> climbing up the terrace on the side of the house and, like, let Santa Claus in. Because yeah. she has no idea. She's naive. Mm. And um, needless to say, the, the murdering housewife um, meets her end by an axe or something. Yeah. Well, I think if we're going to talk more about these, we got to kind of take them one at a time, lest we fall into the same trap that the, the movie <laughs> yeah. itself yes. fell into, where we're just all over the place. So let's pick one we'd to better, address first. We'd better focus on our murdering Santa Claus instead of one from a different all right, movie. Well, let's start with our murdering Santa Claus. Um, I don't know if there's much to say about it. Yeah, that's pretty brief. I mean, Santa's a, he's a traditional-looking Santa at the North Pole elves are doing their stuff making you know getting gifts ready and all of a sudden a rogue elf who's clearly sort of been infected by some sort of zombie like disease runs in and starts trying to attack him he has a large trident like thing that's gold and glistening yeah Yeah. and you know fights the elf off and it becomes clear that the rest of the elves have also met infected so his whole storyline is just battling zombie elves like we said before how did it make you feel Um, sad i don't like to think about santa as anything but happy what about bad santa <laughs> uh, well, even that makes me sad sometimes. I like the idea oh, of a, like the, the, the kind of badass Santa who's like, "All right." Also, is is this part of like holiday mythology that elves can't die? Like, where did that come from? I don't from? know. I, I mean, whole, you know, elves live a long time, right? They do die though in this segment. They do, but they, but they keep saying, like they like I think um, Santa and his and, and Mrs. Claus repeat back to each other like three times in a row, like. Elves can't die, can they? No, elves can't die, and they, they just like keep going back and forth. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I get, I get that this is unusual. Honestly, I love this segment. There's, there's a twist that we'll talk about in the spoiler room that I did not like, but um, I, I love this segment. I love the actor who played Santa. He had a really unique, you know, he, he, he seemed like a guy who had done some shit, he, who had seen some shit, like a guy yeah. you would trust to fight off some zombie elves, and he fucking fights them off. And a great little, like, Jedi braid, too, which his yeah. wife also had. I yeah. thought that was a in, in bizarre touch. And I, I also like that this felt like it actually did have a little more of a distinct um, visual style, I guess. There are some interesting shots of, like, Santa's workshop that look like they were created in miniature and I'm not sure if they actually were if it was just CG that looks like a, a traditional like miniature set but that was really cool I liked that touch and I just enjoyed the 
goofy horror twist of Santa fighting zombie elves. It was just funny. It made me snicker. Honestly, I, it may have been juvenile, but it was it was fun as a little short film, I guess. When I saw the description for this movie and just the 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 title image or logo on Netflix, I thought that's all it was. I didn't know this is an anthology. I thought, yeah. oh, mm. Santa fighting zombies and Krampus. That stuff didn't do a lot for me. It was kind of fun, but it, it just somehow I feel like I've seen it before though apparently I haven't well, it probably you know. it probably would have been too much for me as like a full hour and a half of that I probably would have gotten sick of it just but 20 or whatever minutes worth of it was entertaining to me I don't like the zombie genre in general really and just I thought it was yeah juvenile is the right word just Santa killing a bunch of stuff but I did really like the way the North Pole was realized Yeah, I really liked how his Santa's genocidal mission took him through <laughs> all these interesting areas like you saw the mail room where they get all the yeah, letters yeah, from yeah. all over the yeah. world and then you saw like a store room where there's shelves and shelves and shelves of like you know, you know globes and toy trains and stuff. But we've and seen all this stuff in like I don't know the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Do you? you know? I don't know. There's like, there's like all the sort of minutia of like Santa's workshop but it was kind of fun to see like that like shitty Hollywood tropes spattered in blood because there brains. was no magic really in it like I, I my memory of the Santa Claus is very hazy but I remember like when you see the inner workings of the North Pole in all of these other movies that take place at the North Pole there's like a fantasy to it and it's like oh and here it's like oh yeah that's where we put the mail it's just like that's where right. we do it, the fucking it looks work like a, it looks like an industrial setting like if you actually had to do this in the real world you would have a facility that looks like this in, in the Santa Claus it's like I would love to work there. And what we're seeing is the same thing in this movie. And it looks like Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Like, this is just yeah. like a bureaucratic hell. <laughs> so, that's fine. That's all fine. Uh, the <laughs> other story that we could discuss next, maybe, could be the uh, the teens. Okay. Yeah, what about that? Like, I... I have almost nothing to say about that. It bored the fuck out of me. And I will open the floor to anybody else to say what they thought about it. I was into it. I was very into it. Um, until it went off the tracks late in the movie. Yeah, I when it got spoiler sexy? room material. There's not there's not a lot to spoil here, really. Well, to be look, honest, like we don't want to give the outcome to each one of these movies. We'll say no, that there's for the a, there's, end, a, there's three teens. A, one of them whom is a girl. Two of whom are guys. They are like Chris said before, going into a Catholic school to film some sort of school project where to teens have been murdered the year before, and the place is creepy. I mean, I thought it was creepy. There's dark hallways it's empty it's at locked and or empty rooms you know they end up in the basement where there's like a nativity scene that hasn't been put out that's pretty eerie looking with like blank eyes and like weird beards and stuff yeah they um, do some fun intercutting of like ghosts and shit amongst yeah. the nativity people stuff like that they dial up the creep they dial up the tension um and I was waiting for something interesting and Christmassy to happen this whole time. I forgot about the nativity scene. The whole time they were among that nativity scene, I was like, when is this nativity scene going to come to life? I want the Joseph oh, dummy. Oh, that would have been great. I want the shepherd dummy. I want the donkey dummy to come to life and start fucking chasing them. It They're the murderers. They're the people who killed the people. It's just a standard world. fucking exploring a convent looking for a ghost. No, I'll be honest. I don't understand what they, like what really happened in that segment it was- uh, me neither the ending was very disappointing but here's the thing about that I enjoyed that segment all the way through till the ending when I realized it wasn't going to pay off satisfactorily 
Yeah, that one gets weird because, you know, in in these kind of exploitation horror movies, which I do feel like this is kind of in the realm of, it is definitely playing on, it's exploiting a holiday um, in its title and in its premise, and it is very sort of violent. It does feel like sort of like an asylum-level movie that's trying to give you cheap thrills. I, I, I feel like no, that's too that, harsh. It's definitely several notches above. Don't asylum. invoke the asylum. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I, I guess I'm. What I'm speaking to is what I expected going into it, and obviously mm. it was elevated above that on one level at least with the ones. Oh, really like. I see what you're saying with the but, title and everything. Yes, it does seem like it's going to be really lowbrow stuff. When you sure, look at the yeah, poster. and you know, with this kind of movie, you expect sex and that is the one segment that delivers and made me severely uncomfortable good wait why did you expect sex i didn't i mean because i I thought i was seeing an asylum movie and i thought okay well it's a horror movie on christmas but like you know given the title and like what this looks like and you know what i assume the budget is like this is probably gonna have some tna and some you know drugs and like sort of like inappropriate humor in it Mm. and that was the one segment that did deliver on the sex element in a way that i found like just profoundly unnerving. Hmm. Yeah, Steve. You know, I, I did feel uncomfortable by that too. It was it was really weird. I'm I'm looking forward to talking about that. But we have two other storylines, right? So there's a family who goes to visit their old aunt. Yeah. It's a dysfunctional family. They're they're on kind of a for for whatever reason. We learn later the the father wants to have a nice holiday vacation, you know, and go and see their their aunt, who the kids presumably have never met. And they get there, and it's kind of this creepy haunted mansion esque sort of estate. Wait, quick straw poll. This has n- almost nothing to do with anything. How do you say the word the? The, the wife of your uncle, how do you say it? I say aunt, but I consciously said aunt because, oh, I, because I understand that that's how most people say it, I oh, think, okay. right? I Elizabeth? say aunt. 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 I say aunt. All right, all right. I have an aunt. I want to shout out. So Unanimous. We, talk, we talked about Brazil earlier. My Aunt Kathy, she's my rock. She introduced me to all the great movies in my life. She When she signs cards, like a Christmas card, she draws a picture of an aunt and then signs it <laughs> Kathy afterwards. <laughs> That's fine. Which Let, is adorable. Let's get Aunt Kathy on the show so I can thank her for exposing you to cinema. <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. She changed my life. I hope she's listening. Anyways, but, I, apo- I apologize you know, for that. Diversion. No, no. It's straightforward. Creepy aunt. This is fun. Family's dysfunctional. You get from and the archetypes fully in play fully in this in family. Play. The, d- the just, dad is like the um, the Chevy Chase. Like exactly. we're gonna have a great time this time. The mom's yes. like whatever. I've, as if I could ever have the a good time. The mom is with Chloe you. Sevigny from Hashtag Horror. The kids, <laughs> the kids are yes. headphones in in the back. Like shut up. The boy dad, is squirrely. Up, He's squirreling around with everything. Doesn't give a fuck. The girl, squirreling the around. Girl's just over it. They're at the aunt's house. It's clearly weird. There's figurines everywhere. The kid picks up a figurine of Krampus, gets startled, and drops it, and it shatters. He doesn't get startled and drop it. He, he was when a he is shit. told when he is told what the importance of it is, yeah. and that he shouldn't be touching things that aren't his. He just says, "Oops." And then drops it. He's just a little brat. He's, He's a, a little fucker. He deserves to be taken by Krampus. He did. Yeah. So, and, and this this whole segment bored me. But one thing I did like was the uncle. The uncle was like Riff Raff from Rocky Horror. He, he was. was. Just, he had that weird yeah, Tim settling yeah. like ah, Krampus kind of thing going on. Yeah. And uh, Krampus is unleashed and they must deal with the consequences. Yeah. On the way home. They were into Krampus. And really, that's all I got to say about it. It was fine in parts. There was a, I did like the one... There was a couple parts where they had some like human emotional moments when they're reckoning with yeah. Krampus is coming after him. That was that nice. That was nice. 
the rest of it. There were some brief moments where I was like, this is okay drama. Like, not great drama, but, like, when they wind up, like, in the church. And yeah. And Krampus is, like, pounding on the doors. Which is, like, it becomes a recreation of, like, the church scene from Sleepy Hollow. I thought of that, like, multiple times during that scene in this movie. Where, like, there's, like, the, like you know, the threat that things are coming through the windows and whatever else. I was like... Or the, the fog. The, the, the father, like, opens up to his wife yeah. about, like, yeah. what's been going on with, like, their financial situation whatever else. And, like, it's actually kind of, like, sweet in, yeah. a, in a really sickly sweet. So points say. for that part, but not worth the time of the rest of the segment. No, not at all. It, and, it didn't... It didn't. I didn't emotionally connect with that whole thing. And, I didn't emotionally connect with it, but I felt like... I didn't expect to emotionally connect with anything in this movie, and that was the closest I came. I was like, oh, this is, like, a, a parody, a pantomime of good drama. Even... And I'm a hopeless did, romantic. I got a little. I, I got moved. I was, what about the? Did you did you didn't connect with the the last one that we haven't talked about fully yet? With the the family going to uh, no, cut not down really. The tree? No, oh, really? That, that didn't move me in the same way. I feel like it was a good story. Like it was a good like you know. Th- I when I see horror anthologies, I think of comic books because that's where I first learned about mm. this stuff. Like that would make a great comic book and be really exciting. But like that didn't have the emotional impact for me that that little tiny scene that had no business being in that segment did for me. Man, mm. you give me a husband tearing up, bearing his soul to his wife. Oh my God, yeah. and I, I'm right there with I you. I love it. I love it too. Love it. Love it. Doesn't matter if Krampus is banging at the door or not. Didn't like the segment. Love that moment. Maybe that moment was worth the, 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 the segment. <laughs> well, it certainly had more of a payoff in that respect. I mean, the, pay, the ultimate payoff in that segment's trash, but the... the <laughs> But that that sort of emotional moment paid off. It justified the segment more than anything in the convent segment. I would say. Agree. Appreciate that. Appreciate. I wanted. I wanted. Like if it had gone on for like thirty more seconds, I'm a weepy guy lately. I would have teared up. Okay. Probably. So then the final segment is the one we all love about the family that goes to harvest a fir tree from someone else's property. They come home and their kid is. Well, while they're harvesting the tree, the kid goes missing briefly. Yes. And they they find him and bring him home. Will is his name. And Uh, something's wrong with Will. Most adorable. He's a cute fucking kid. Child. Like, that that actor is the cutest fucking little thing. And, um... Meanwhile, also, while this is going on, we see briefly that Steve Bannon is lurking in the house. Yes! That's who it is! I also put that in my notes, yes. Steve Bannon on a snowmobile is watching. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh, great. Well played. Fine. But, um... Yeah, it's a cute family, too. He's he's been waiting for his moment to play a horror movie villain, and he finally got it. But something that, like, I I don't know. I don't have a problem with any actors in this movie, but this family, like, felt like a real family unit. Like, they must have done some extra, like, bonding exercises before they they actually, like, set out to film this stuff. Because, like, I really believe that they were, like, connected with each other. And it's a group of three actually good actors. I didn't... I mean, the actors in the convent, the actors in the the family going to visit the aunt scene... I thought the actors were fine throughout. I thought they were doing what they were there to do. The actors in this this segment are all really solid. They come off as real people, and especially that kid is fucking talented. I mean, cute, yeah, but also, like, really talented. Yeah, he can be cute, or he can be spooky. He becomes very spooky, and... 
and we'll get into it. So he does without it well. explaining what what is really going on here, because I, I you know, I, I didn't anticipate uh, it, but like suddenly, you know, they come they come home after this experience trying to find the tree, and the kid starts kind of behaving abnormally. He's he's uh, you know the dad wants to just like sit down and have a beer and enjoy Christmas, but the kid is eating too quickly, and the mom's really concerned that he's going to upset his stomach, and the dad says, you know, you need to slow it down, son. It's a, kind of an absentee dad too. Is he? What's his deal? His deal is he is actually the cop who discovered the crime scene mm-hmm. last Christmas. So right. last Christmas he wasn't around much, and I yeah, guess yeah, yeah, yeah. The case is unsolved, and he's got some demons because of it, and anger issues and stuff and like a that. Huge drinking problem we find yeah, out. Which maybe you would if you were a cop and you were on that case. And yeah, you know, I mean, happened. it seems like it was probably pretty disturbing. But yeah, and he even says, you know, I wasn't around much last Christmas, but I want to make this Christmas special and good for us and the kid is really kind of fucking it up because he's just behaving like a weirdo when the dad says you you slow it down son the kid stabs him with a fork and like Mm. stabs the the dad in his hand with a fork and the mom is like no like don't lash out it's you know you're not around much you haven't been lately you haven't been present like it's okay that he stabbed like that was a moment that actually rang kind of false for me but i i do kind of understand it with the logic of these characters as we go forward that they want to like the dad is kind of the outlier here like it's okay that he gets stabbed with the fork because like he doesn't really know what's going on he doesn't have like the mother-son bond that's going on there well this is interesting i think this is an interesting storyline because it does bring up the most tension between all characters there's high tension with the cop father who has witnessed the murders the year before and is struggling himself there's high tension with the kid who we know there's something off we're not sure what what it is is he possessed is it not really him we don't really know there's tension with the mom who's trying to navigate both of these things to be a good mother to her child to help her husband who's obviously has some psychological issues and it's some true Stressful. It's like a true stressful situation. Which and there's tension because you know that Steve Bannon saw him steal the tree. And you don't know <laughs> what's going to come of it. It's very, there's very that odd. lingering in the background, but also Elizabeth. The you reminded me of this. Like the dad doesn't really know how this kid is supposed to behave. Like you get the sense that he's like working all the time, and like he doesn't understand like how to be a dad. So like when the kid starts to act out, he doesn't know like should I reprimand him or not. So like the mom is in the background trying to guide everybody. Yeah. Right. It's, it's and that's it's really tense stress. too because it's like you expect in that situation just as a viewer like the male authority figure to be the male authority figure traditionally and he's not like he doesn't really understand how he fits into this family unit which is where and I, and I hate to keep harping on this point but this is where the distinct the distinct voices of some right there's a there's a different writer and a different director on this segment I can guarantee you because they feel like real people yeah. they are written and directed like real people and the ones in the other three segments basically felt like caricatures to me yeah. and all of a sudden you have this one segment where oh this feels like a family unit that actually knows each other and understands each other, understands each other and has the resulting weight because of that and I would want to see this segment as a full length movie I was just going to say that like yeah. I could see extrapolating this to a ninety minute movie. I don't know if I can. Oh, I have a great that. title. I have a great title for that movie, which I will reveal in the spoiler room. Great. Okay. But yeah, this segment was the scariest. I thought by a country mile. <laughs> I'm agree? so happy. I was hope. I in my mind right before you said that, I was like, he's gonna say a country mile. Anyway, yeah. Good. 
Um, the, I mean, I've said before that the idea of having someone that you love and they're not quite themselves in a horror movie is one of the scariest things. And this in segment, life as well. This yeah. segment actually kind of cashes in on that in a pretty good way. Excellent. Again, payoff. Eh. Ending was a little rough on that bit. It, wasn't, it was. It wasn't I unforgivable. Like it. Yeah, didn't care for it. It wasn't unforgivable, but I, I don't care for it. But if we're going to be holding grudge. Like, yeah. But we can say before spoiler space, like, Steve Bannon gets a lot more screen time in the end. Yeah, He plays a pivotal role. Yeah, I almost canceled my Netflix subscription because of how much screen time Steve Bannon was getting. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't actually Steve Bannon. Um, yeah, and then, of course, tying this all together... Well, not really tying it together, but coming in here and there is Shatner as the... Like, there's no reason for him to be there except for the very final scene. He basically exists to set up the twist of the the Santa. Well, and it's a staple of these anthology sorts of movies that there's like kind of like the radio DJ, like uh, Tales of Halloween is one that came out like I think in 2015 that's been on Netflix for a while that I finally bit the bullet and watched where like... The connective tissue is a radio host who is sort of talking about the news of the town and then it kind of fades in out of these stories. And, like, even in that movie, it's, like, kind of cool to see, like, in, in, like, Escape from New York or The Fog, like, a radio DJ sort of, like, as the backbone of the movie This like, providing, like, a comfort zone in the midst of the horror. Is that Escape from New York or are you thinking The Warriors? The Warriors. You're totally right. I'm sorry. The Warriors. <laughs> they do yeah. escape from New York in The Warriors. But if 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 Shatner fit into the proceedings more, it might make sense if he was actually describing these specific uh, scenes that we're going not. into. He's just talking about holiday music. Like yeah. there's that first scene where he's like the weatherman is like you know he's trying to get him hyped up about Christmas. Yeah. And like the weatherman is just Norman like, Norman. Norman, he's uh, he's he's like kind of grunting. He's off in the shadows, and he just holds up this like you know he writes on paper and red marker, "Fuck Christmas." And William Shatner is like horrified, like, "Oh my god, how could anybody not like Christmas?" And Norman yeah. storms off, and you wonder the whole movie, like, well, well, you wonder for twenty seconds, well, where did Norman go off to? And then you kind of forget about it. Yeah. But ultimately, I feel like William Shatner is there because it's just kind of like a trope in these anthology sorts of movies, or even in like some classic horror or genre movies like The Warriors in the Fog, that there's like this comforting voice that kind of centers you as all this crazy stuff is going on. Ultimately, we could have done without any of that, and without the payoff yeah. that comes from it. Well, yeah. Yeah, we could have done without it, but I liked... It was a little bit of holiday atmosphere. It's an anthology movie. I don't need everything to relate. It was nice to take a break. It was nice to be like, okay, what's going on with this guy? I thought he was his character was likable. It was adding some Christmas holiday atmosphere to the movie. I didn't even I like Shatner fine. in it. Okay, here's the thing. I don't people like were Shatner. praising people were praising Shatner before. I I mean I love Shatner in who, the, ori- who in the Sha- original I Star Shatner. Trek. Look, here's the thing. I've never been a fan of Shatner. He does a great cover of Common People by Pulp, and that's all I can give him. <laughs> Also, I, he did a whole movie in Esperanto. Well, That's kind of cool. I don't like Shatner at all, but so when I saw William Shatner, I was like, okay, let's see this William Shatner. And I thought he was actually acting to some extent. I was just like, if you're going to have William Shatner in your movie, give him more to do than no, this. No, have you never seen William Shatner in anything? Like, he just yes. he shows up everywhere. He's in so many shitty movies. But, I mean, there's no other name actors in this movie. Like, if you're going to cast Shatner. He's barely even a name actor at this point. 
Shatner is a name. Like literally the name Shatner. Like you day. say the last name Shatner. No one else has that name. No one else carries that reputation. Oh, oh wait. I thought, I thought you meant actors who we know <laughs> yeah, by their he, last name. Yeah, at this point has a reputation no, as a did. like severely washed up like D-list actor. Like that's just who it is. Like I feel like it's a joke that like Shatner is in this movie, and I feel like he's just having fun. He's like, it's a joke, I got to work see, for the day. That's why I like like Shatner. I don't but think Shatner plays has the character. Presence. I don't think Shatner plays the character as a joke, even though he could have. I was expecting to see fucking Priceline.com Shatner showing up in this movie, <laughs> but instead I got someone who actually seemed like a real person doing his radio shtick. Whatever. There were a couple bad jokes in there, but I thought it was I guess. All right. I, I mean, I guess that's true. It just. It felt what? so forgettable. It felt so unnecessary. You expect too much out of Shatner is the problem here. No, I, I don't know. It, it just... does seem weird that like they would go to the lengths to do that. But then again, the lengths are not far. Shatner is like a phone call away. Like you just call him up and he will show up the next day to be in your movie. I mean, that's you don't not even have true. to pay him. That's <laughs> not true. Give him some whiskey. Give him some Jack Daniels and eggnog, and he will be there. He's a rock. Okay. All right. Well, guys, it's that time. Elizabeth, would you cue it, view it, or screw it? I'd say view it. I thought this movie was fun and entertaining, and I think that you should watch it if you are a horror movie fan around the Christmas season. And I'm getting a lot of looks, so... (laughs) If you're a horror movie fan around... Like, if the Christmas season inspires you to get into horror, you should watch this movie. If... Your horror fandom and your celebration of Christmas coincide. Okay. Watch this movie. I I thought it was fun. I was entertained. I thought it was... There were parts I didn't like. I got a lot of complaints. But I enjoyed watching this more than a lot of other movies we watched. Cue it. Cue it. So, Steve, view it, cue it, or bah humbug. (laughs) Oh, wow. Nice (laughs) twist. Uh, I I wish I could take advantage of the Bah Humbug, but I would say cue it. I would, I would say, is this trick or treat for Christmas? No, not even close. That's that's not a perfect movie either, though. It's got its flaws. There there's at least one segment I wish had been totally excised and replaced with something else. It's fine. Like it, like if you're having a holiday party, put this out in the background. It will present some problems because it's difficult to follow given the way that everything is sort of mashed together. Uh, but you know it's okay like it, it made me excited for christmas in a way that i haven't been in a long time oh oh well that's the highest review you can give a movie like this I well it, a view it would be it's still right. a cue it <laughs> right chris i'm gonna go ahead and say view it yeah view it as long as it's christmas you know don't watch it. You got August. a short window. Yeah, you got a short window to watch this movie. 12 days. But if you're looking for a Christmas anthology movie that happens to be like fucked up horror stuff, this absolutely. Is your, this is your girl. Yeah, this is your girl. This is your girl. Snuggle up tight. And here's <laughs> what I can say. Here's what I can say. I, I, in a hindsight, I can say, okay, this sketch was bad. This, this part was bad. None of these storylines paid off the way I wanted them to, but I had a damn good time watching them until the end, where I realized that it was all kind of a charade, and, I, and none of these were going to end <laughs> yeah. in a satisfying manner. But other than that, I had a great time. So view it if it's Christmas time, Patrick. Patrick, I'm stunned by these view it's, well, we and I'm going to confess to just like I'm going to go ahead and game the average here and say screw it. I might go with a cue it normally. Bah humbug. A bah humbug, yeah. I'm going to go with a bah humbug here. 
Uh, which I feel conflicted about because you should. There was a lot that I did enjoy about this, but there was there were so many flaws. I hated the way pretty much all of these segments ended. And I especially hated the actual ending of the movie, which we're going to get to. Uh, okay. I don't know. There's, that was rough. There's just so much missed opportunity here, I guess, and I don't. I would not encourage anyone to actually watch it. There's good stuff in here, but I wouldn't encourage anyone to actually watch it. So actually, I'm not even gaming the average. Don't waste your time. Okay. Well, what's that, gang? Oh, Santa? Is that is that Rudolph? It's the sleigh pulling up to take us to the spoiler room. If you want spoilers, get on board. Otherwise, you better go to sleep and we'll skip your house tonight. I call Rudolph. I'm riding on Rudolph. I just want the sleigh. Whee! spoiler room now wild ride to get here wild ride to get here we went over the river through the woods we went through the woods to the spoiler room (laughs) at grandmother's house I forget what we have to talk about here. There's well, something I wanted to bring up right away. It's hard because this movie is so chaotically organized, so I think we should go one by one, one, one. Uno, spoil every fucking sh- like short. These are these are shorts, like glorified short films. Go well, one by one. So let's let's start, start with, the, with your favorite. The, no, no, let's start with the convent one because I think I, these okay. are kind of the order that they were presented. That's the one I'm most confused about. So I guess we might as well begin there. Oh. That's I the most boring one. So it's boring. I got no well help for you. Shit. I got no help for you. They bang. She's under the influence of a ghost who wants her to get knocked okay. up. Okay, I, I just... would not have put it past this movie to have a blowjob scene, and I'm actually, I was impressed that they have a scene where like a male actor turns down an easy blowjob. Like they like immediately, I was like, "Oh God, this is going to go into the territory. This is going to make me very uncomfortable." And like, thank God, the actor or the character says, "Like, no, I don't want to do this." And that's when we realized, like, "Oh, there's a ghost at play here." Well, here's a situation that doesn't matter. One of the teens who was murdered the previous year was pregnant and had tried right. yeah. to get an abortion, didn't want to have the baby. Blah 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 blah. It's a little unclear if it was like a suicide situation, murder situation, I don't know. But basically her ghost comes back to possess the current young teen and to convince her to have a baby. To have her ghost baby. Baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, baby. She, so she starts trying to have sex with people to get pregnant. So she tries to have sex with the one dude. And he turns her down because he has a girlfriend, so she kills him. Then she attempts yeah. to have sex with the other dude who's there who is into it, and they have sex. And as soon as he impregnates her, she comes to and is like, "What's what happened? What's she going says, on? What did you do to me? And he right. says, what, what did you do to me? Like, right. you sat on top of me. I didn't Terrifying. want this. And you, like, basically confusing. raped me. Confusing. Very confusing. He yeah. should have had a consent app. Agreed. <laughs> When in doubt, have a consent app. You know, that solves a lot of problems. But anyway, and then there's just kind of mass confusion. And it basically ends with her being like, oh, God, what have I done? 
When she gets out of the basement that they've been locked she in. She gets out, but she's pregnant. Who cares? Oh, yeah. God, what a disappointment. Yeah, who cares? Like, I want to say that there's, like, some kind of moral message here. There's not. Like, I, I want to say that, like, I'm horrified that this woman... Like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen in a movie a woman rape a man, and that is what happens here, and I don't feel like there's any sort of message. Well, and it doesn't pay off, because all we know about is, like, now she's pregnant with a ghost baby, but we don't see that, you know, if that's going to happen, you want to see the product of that. Yeah, is it a demon baby? Is it a demon baby? Is it just a regular baby? that like what Alien baby? Alien, alien baby? baby? No, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> alien That's baby. what I'm saying. You don't get the benefit. Like, one of the great joys in life... Is women being impregnated by non-human things? Let me blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and when you don't get the payoff, it's useless. Blow my mind. Well, I will say, even in Rosemary's Baby, you don't see the baby. On to the next one. Let's cover the Krampus story. Krampus story? The girl becomes Krampus, but who cares? Basically, the idea is, if you have enough uh, bah humbug in your spirit, yeah. you can become a Krampus. I care a little bit because I so thought Krampus looked fucking about that sweet. Next time you, you Krampus it. did look pretty fucking awesome. He's ripped. He's like albino and just sort of like he's horrifying looking. Yeah. He's a great monster, and he comes back around in the Santa segment. Yeah, he comes to confront Santa. Well, I have questions about that that we will get to, but um, I feel like that might have been a different. Or she Krampus. comes back. Around, I'm like, I don't I know. Can there say. be multiple Kramp- Krampuses? Krampi? 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 I I don't know. Like it was very. Well, there can be to multiple me, Santas. Can there be? Right. I mean, there's one every month. Santa. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I don't have anything to say about that piece other than we already, what we already said. Yeah, I mean. The family, they get slowly killed off. The young teen girl is the only one who's left. She has enough bah humbug in her. She's the only innocent one. Like, she's innocent compared to the people she's surrounded with. Because, like, yeah, she's, like, stolen, apparently. But, like, she's not, like, lied in the same way that, like, other people in her family have. Uh, They're in the church, like, kind of confessing their sins and, like, bonding. And she says, I'm not as bad as those other kids with the sex and drugs and the cutting. So, like, in... It was just a really funny line. But, like, in this world, like, she's the most innocent. But she's upset that, like, the aunt has, like, allowed the Krampus to, like, fuck things up. Oh, yeah, because the the aunt let the Krampus off its leash. Right. So then it makes sense that, like, she suddenly becomes, like, going from this, like, relatively innocent girl to to save herself. Being filled with malice and then being inhabited by Krampus. Yeah. So the so the uncle is actually the Krampus that's out in the woods killing everybody because he's just a bitter man, and then his the aunt's misdoings fill the girl with such rage that she takes on the mantle of Krampus. And then there's a Krampus you see in the end of the movie in the Santa section that looks the same but is somewhat unrelated. We'll get to that in a minute. A little bit confusing. Let's cover the uh, the the the. Let's cover the ending of the family, which actually, as much as I liked that storyline, really disappointed me. Yeah, yeah, it kind of goes off the rails. So she confronts Steve Bannon in the woods, and he apparently is a sort of master of these like troll creatures. There's changelings in the woods, and the changelings snatch changelings, the boy, which, and it's an evil little gremlin thing that has inhabited his body. Kills right. the dad. The dad is absolutely brutally slaughtered. Practically tries to rape the mom. Opens all the Christmas presents. The worst things you can imagine. Yeah, in opposite order of <laughs> I mean, what you just named. Yeah, I can imagine worse. But 
<laughs> and that changeling creature looks creepy. Yeah. The changeling is real creepy. And the, so the, the little kid occasionally changes into something that looks like a little changeling gremlin thing and it's weird looking. And you know, the the wife the wife gets a phone call from Steve Bannon. The greatest horror of all that we can any of us can imagine. And he says, you know, you came into my woods, you cut down a fir tree, I can help you. You need to bring the boy back here because he's a changeling. So she like ropes him in, she kinda has to trick him into going back to the woods. Very tense scenes. I love that. A lot it. of tense scenes. But then What's that, ultimately confusing is yeah. like why does he try to strike that bargain with her? Like he doesn't seem interested in getting anything out of that experience. Yeah, why does Steve Bannon he, care? He he lures her in. She's surrounded by these not changelings, but these like trolls. I think he actually uses the word troll at one point. I think the glowing eyes because a changeling is like a person who has been like turned into something else that is a facade of their former self and like he just has these like goblin things like hanging out in the woods and i don't understand like what he hopes to gain from like drawing her back there it's interesting it's that he cares he's just point. the keeper of the changelings i guess yeah. he feels a responsibility maybe they'll be explored in a prequel i film. guess so she fucking kills him and well yeah here's an absurd thing she brings a gun with she brings her dead husband's gun with her service weapon she's freaking out and he's like, Steve Bannon is like, look, I got these things under control. Just listen to me. She's terrified. She sh- kill- shoots and kills him. Like, accidentally. Accidentally, which is b- a bizarre thing. I think, and I think the way I read it is because she accidentally kills him because he says, like, oh, these changelings don't fuck with me. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And I think because she accidentally kills him, the changelings are like, oh, she helped us by killing this guy who was checking us. So we're going to give her the kid So back. we'll give her her son back. And that's exactly what happens. And that's the end of that story. This, but, yeah. And the weird thing is, is that I didn't get that concept at all when I watched it. It I might thought, not be legitimate. I, I thought that she fucked up by killing the changeling keeper she did but it was a happy accident because the changelings were like oh yes he's dead so we're gonna that's how i read it now that's not that's the only reasonable explanation i I didn't read it that way i thought well the changelings get her kid now they give the kid back no they do yes yeah there's like he comes out in his underwear and his tank top and she cradles him and like it's a happy ending they're the end of that storyline is the mother and the real son in the woods clutching each other. Patrick can remember six of his nicknames every week. I, I will admit I had a, a couple too many drinks while I was watching this movie. So too that may be why, why I didn't process this ending as cogently as the rest of you did. Too many eggnogs. It's yeah. the one rewarding yeah. ending, I think, out of the entire film. Like everything else kind of ends in sort of chaos or just <laughs> anarchy I and so we have better, this one like yeah. heartwarming like mother reunited with son and it's beautiful and steve bannon dead and steve bannon dead yes as heartwarming like, as it gets <laughs> well yeah so that takes us to the final <clears throat> ultimate ending of the movie and perhaps the most controversial mm. uh ending of the story which is the santa ma- madness where santa's killing zombies Santa finally confronts Krampus. Who's presumably unleashed, the same Krampus. unleashed this curse yeah. on him. And 
yeah so it's like because it looks the same as the krampus we've seen before we can kind of think maybe it's the girl or something and that would kind of tie everything together but then also like we know that that girl's like not unleashing a curse on a zombie curse yeah she's been yeah it's like i never suspected that like this was tied to that other event it just felt like this seems like the logical conclusion to a movie called a Christmas Horror Story that features Santa Claus. Right. Like, we're going to have that final confrontation and with there, the ultimate monster. There but is a pretty sweet, brief lightsaber battle scene. That yeah. was awesome. I loved that. Between Santa with his trident and Krampus with his fists. <laughs> that lasts not nearly long enough. The the note that I wrote down about that was Santa v Krampus stylized like Batman v Superman yeah. is awesome until it isn't. Oh, it's and yeah. when it well, isn't, Santa says something similar. He's like Krampus, the ultimate villain of Christmas. Yeah, it's like Santa <laughs> Santa v Krampus. It's dawn very comic booky. Mass murder. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you and, find out and that this movie takes a sad twist because you find out that. Santa is actually Storm and Norman, the weatherman who William Shatner has been referencing throughout this whole thing, who has been down at the mall serving as a mall Santa. And Shatner keeps referencing this hostage situation that's going on at the mall. And you find out at the end that Storm and Norman, as Santa, has lost it and has massacred a shitload of people. And all the elves that you've seen massacred are actually his hallucinations of the real people he's murdered at the mall. And it's just this sick, just really, in my opinion, poorly chosen, really misguided twist to this sort of jokey, silly, stupid segment that's been about, you know, Santa killing off zombie elves. And it's basically the end of the movie. It's just such a... The cops show up and shoot him to death. And then it's like, that's the end of the movie. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's such a sick, just bum note to this movie that's been, you know, I mean, in some places, arguably pretty entertaining. It's... ugh. Just bad. Just bad. It is bad. So, like, immediately you recognize if you see Norman in his little booth, like, he is the same actor who plays Santa Claus. But, like, given how sort of, like, bizarrely this movie is structured, I was like, am I supposed to understand that that is the same guy and that he's a mall Santa? And it wasn't really until the movie was over that I realized, like, oh, that's what they were trying to communicate. Like, I feel like this is a case of bad filmmaking. Like bad storytelling. I would expect in a movie like this to have like a like an actual like quote unquote Santa Claus like fighting battles against the elves. It was just a little bit too try hard edgy. Like whoever whoever came up with this idea for the twist, I guarantee you, Die Hard is their favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Like yeah, you could have ended it with Santa and Krampus fighting. Santa kills Krampus, and it's like Merry Christmas. That's the end of the movie. Fine. And I didn't really the twist. I thought they had they had earned the twist. Like I could I could follow it. I could be like, okay, I see that makes sense to me. But then I don't know. You know, in this day and age, I don't want to think about like hundreds of people being massacred at a mall right. on Christmas Eve. Right. I think that's the problem with this is that for the most part, the rest of the movie is sort of I don't want to call it fun, but it's a little bit spooky. It's supernatural. It's like goofy Christmas tropes that are enjoyable to watch and like. A bunch of people trying to celebrate Christmas getting like slaughtered by a crazy but dude. Like in Aurora, Colorado, it's like, like really upset. Like that's genuinely upsetting. And it's yeah. but it's. 
played for the same kind of camp but, exactly. as the rest of it. I so mean, it's it, like, okay, I can I can get along with the camp when you're talking about a you change know, lane, a change lane, right. and, and Krampus pulling your kid away with a chain, sure, but, you know, I, or but, like a possessed, but teen. like slaughtering teenagers who are working as elves at the sand display at the mall, like doesn't. I can't appreciate that in a campy way the same way. I, I guess it's hard to say how they intended that final bit where you see that he's actually murdered a bunch of normal people at the mall, if that was intended as camp or not. But it still comes off as like a sick, like, psych, you know, because yeah. you've been enjoying. I mean, we, we had different reactions to that whole segment, but I at least was enjoying. I was like, oh, this is stupid and kind of silly. You know, Santa fighting off zombie elves. And it's like, oh, no, this was a massacre at a mall of real human people. And it's just kind of like, Haha, fuck you for laughing at that asshole. That was kind of how I it's felt. It's weird because also, like, you've been, like, you've been, like, trained to be invested in, like, Santa's sort of, like, Santa Claus's, like, struggle through the entire movie like sure. how do i make christmas yeah, happen and like krampus arrives and it's superimposed with like krampus like delivers a death blow to him while norman is like shot to death in a mall mm-hmm. and th- i don't know like i don't know what that means like why end on that note like, santa has been presented as this superheroic kind of badass for yeah. most of the movie you know and it's you know what are you supposed to take away from that nothing i mean they didn't think it through enough the santa storyline is upsetting enough like he has to kill mrs claus you know all the elves are dead it's like oh come on just dour i mean i can laugh at that because those are sort of really absurd fantasy characters well yeah and i and i appreciate the absurdist over-the-top take on all that but you know when it winds up with a mall massacre come on man Maybe this was made before there were mall massacres. Yeah, does anyone 2015. Know what... It was 2015. <laughs> oh, no. So, no. That's not... No. <laughs> it was made simultaneously with a mall massacre. Yeah. Yeah, that was my only big... Really, my only big issue is, is that is that twist. Well, look, could a Christmas horror movie not be a downer? Can you imagine a Christmas horror movie that doesn't end on, like, a really like, sure. sour note? You will, I think it should end on a dark note, but it should play by the rules of a, of a horror anthology. Like... A pleasingly dark. Where, I, I cannot think of a single horror, like, anthology or horror movie in general, like Black Christmas. Patrick and I had this conversation, like, Black Christmas, uh, Christmas Evil. Like, these movies are all, like, cynical takes on horror. Some of them begin with, like killers who love christmas and like kill people who don't enjoy christmas but it always ends in a black note like i i can't imagine how this movie could be more holiday appropriate i guess for what it is i guess it's like just how can a horror the, movie end on a positive note I that makes I you feel christmas positive note. if it ended with the changeling right that's if, a positive if, note. If, if the chain if, if a changeling had come and eaten william shatner at the end i think that would have been fine <laughs> But, like, within the universe that they had kind of been playing in to kind of be like, oh, actually, this whole thing you were invested in didn't happen. It was actually a mall massacre. Innocent people were just murdered by a guy who lost his shit. I'm like, "Eh, that's not the kind of dark theme. I thought about this while watching this. That's your favorite trope. Or I guess I should say your least favorite trope. I was being sarcastic. But, like, people (laughs) who just lose their shit. Yeah, because it's it's because when someone like, makes a movie about someone who just loses their shit and kills everybody, I think of like someone who thinks Die Hard is their favorite Christmas movie. Someone's like, I'm just gonna be edgy and I just want violence, but I don't want to earn it. I mean, the two problems to me are that uh, 
it involves the slaughter of a bunch of innocent characters who we've never seen before. We have no frame of reference as to their uh, moral sort of grounding. You know, William Shatner, even if Shatner, I mean, your example of the changeling showing up to eat Shatner, we have kind of an idea of Shatner as a character and we may like or dislike him, you know, but I mean, you literally, it's just a bunch of innocent kids, like kind of whimpering underneath this guy's, this madman's ax as he murders them at the mall. And that's not, it's, it's dark and not in a funny or it's not darkly funny. It's just dark and sick. And number two, two things. I have two things to say as usual is it's too linked to real world events. I mean, there are too many actual massacres like that it's too real and it's a place that we all actually relate to like a mall on christmas eve mall santa stuff like we have attachments to that that i mean i'm not saying that it's like a off-limits topic i think that they could have maybe handled it a different way where it didn't feel so cheap and it maybe was better but it just felt like edginess for edginess's sake i mean you could end with zombie elves eating santa yeah, and it would sure. be a different. It would be a totally different well, vibe. What I was going to say is that that's the only complaint with this movie is that minor thing. There's so many ways that you could have ended it. Keep like all the other storylines, as much as we liked or disliked them, I think ended fine. Like for purposes of the movie, you know, they didn't offend me. I didn't. Yeah, like they weren't. Of, no, but they weren't offensive. This Santa storyline, it could have ended with Santa killing Krampus, Krampus killing Santa, yeah, zombie elves killing Santa zombie elves killing like whatever it was just the fact that it was just the fact of the massacre that was so offensive and i think too one of the great joys of watching horror movies is that crazy shit happens that's probably not going to happen to you in real life like that's why we watch horror movies and when you're presented with something that's actually scary to you that might have happened to you it becomes it becomes unpleasant to watch and especially when it's when it's handled in such a like tricky way. Flippant yeah. manner. Well, there are certainly horror movies that present situations that seem more real or more relatable, but those are usually m- the more disturbing ones. Those are the ones that aren't fun. The strangers. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, is that it? Yeah. That's it. it that's holiday it. cheer, everybody. We have, a, we have a wheel of death to spin, though, don't we? I think we do. Yeah. It's that time of year. <laughs> So we're going to bring out the old Wheel of Death. And um, I think, you know, Elizabeth, because you won the last time. I spun it last time, too, but I'll spin it again, and I'll win again. I hope you don't, but... I hope I do. I, I also hope someone wins. I actually hope wins. she does, because... All right, it's, it's spinning. spinning. It's spinning. It's spinning. Who do we got? It's going to be me. Oh. <laughs> Oh, 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 what? That was on the line. We should spin it again. It says my name, fuckers. Oh, no, it's it's Elizabeth. Are you a, shitting it me? It was about to be me, but all right, what do you got, Elizabeth? This bullshit. Well, I have two movies, and I have to make a split-second decision. You better hurry up before we spin again. <laughs> spin it again, spin it again. We're going to be watching Saw. Yeah, <laughs> that was on my list. That was on my list. Okay, okay, guys, I quit. I don't even need to rewatch it. I just I watched it. No, actually, I watched we, it like we, three we years re- ago. We can record it right now, but we're not gonna. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. We'll see you for Saw, and uh, you know, in the meantime, send us a Christmas present. Tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us. And, could, uh, could we? Could we troll us? 
Uh, we might have to if y'all don't out there listening. Next episode will be, uh, you know, if you want more Christmas, stick around because next week we're doing our holiday gift exchange. So it's going to be beautiful. Uh, I don't know if you're going how much of that you'll be privy to, but if you want to participate in the gift exchange, send us a gift. We won't send one back, but we'll appreciate whatever <laughs> you send in. Uh, until then, uh, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick Flying Portobello, Turbo Dog, One One Man War on Terror, Bad Santa Done. I'm Mrs. Claus. I'm Mr. Claus. <laughs> See you next week.